Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Clotilde Jimenez. Born in Honolulu, Hawaii, he is a visual artist based in Mexico City. He received his BFA from the Cleveland Institute of Art in Ohio in printmaking and an MFA from the Slade School of Fine Art in London in painting. Clotilde references intricate aspects of his life using strategically cut and arranged layers of multimedia collage that activate a dynamistic viewing of the visual narratives presented. Quoting the artist, Most of my work is autobiographical, so collage allows me to tell several stories at the same time. Through a kaleidoscope lens, composite portraits within montage vignettes offer a dreamlike gaze into the artist's inner thoughts. Emotions triggered from vivid dreams and memories take form as the artist sketches daily. From this cathartic exercise, a singular visual language has emerged, resulting in thought-provoking canon of motifs. Tropical fruits, pink painted fingernails, lingerie, and boxing gear. Close readings of Clitolde's work change initial evocations of whimsical frolic and carefree simplicity to varying interpretations that are dependent on the viewer's point of view regarding gender performance, sexuality, social justice, and racial equality. Nonetheless, he utilizes quotidian, relatable childhood experiences that present the question, what is so queer about queerness? Clitolde's work is featured in noted collections including the Ford Foundation, Orlando Museum of Art, Hessel Museum of Art, and the Beth Rudin de Woody Collection. Enjoy this episode featuring Clotilde Jimenez. Clotilde, thank you so much for joining me today. Looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to talk to you and uh, yeah, look forward. Thank you, thank you. So share with us, when did you discover your artistic passion? My artistic passion? Um, I think a lot of people, we can all say that we, as kids, we, you know, we, we used to draw, we had coloring books. I remember I had like a Lego set and I was always kind of, you know, building with my Legos outside, uh, you know, playing with like sticks, you know, maybe making like an imagination, like they were uh, superheroes or something like that. So I think, yeah, when I was young, I always kind of found a way to imagine, you know, my own kind of world in that way. And do you recall if there was a particular artist or a work of art that influenced you early on? Uh, early on. I mean, um, honestly, I 
didn't know a lot about art growing up as a kid because I don't think art as I know it now, the history of art or contemporary art, it just really honestly wasn't accessible to me as a, as a kid. Uh, I grew up in Philadelphia in the early 90s. I was born in 1990 and we grew up in a poor neighborhood and stuff like art. I mean, there was the earliest thing I can remember that actually did have an impact on me is Philadelphia does have a lot of murals and it also has a lot of public sculptures. And I, I do remember being in the backseat of my mom's car and, and just like kind of gazing at like these, these large murals that they would paint on the side of um, houses to kind of give new life to certain neighborhoods um, or climbing on top of the bronze sculptures. Um, so that kind of, for me was my first interactions with art, but I didn't know what it was, but it did make me, I don't know. It did kind of make me think a little bit differently. So I, I knew it was special, but I didn't really consider it. I, you know, I didn't really know what I was looking at at the time. And, and once you did go to school, mm-hmm. how did your art professors impact your process, your narrative? How did that change? Um, you know, just to be, uh, just transparent and, and authentic. I, I had a good time in school. Like it was, it was nice, but it was, it was a little bit rough because like I said, in Philadelphia, it's a predominantly black city and that's what I knew. And when I went to school for the first time, it was, I went, I went to school in Ohio and Cleveland and it's a good school. It's a great school, uh, Cleveland Institute of Art. Um, but like many institutions in the United States, well, let's just say you like universities, they're white institutions. So I was kind of dealing with, I was in this new environment where I think art, art schools, it's interesting because you're young, you know, you're expected to kind of make, make something about, you know, feelings you have, but you don't really know because you're like, you're 18 or 19 years old and you're not really experienced in the world. And you're vulnerable. And so when I was in school, a lot of my professors, I think they had good intentions and they wanted to have certain dialogues with me, some of them, but not all of them could. So I was frustrated and I had to kind of seek out certain, there was really two professors that I can remember, one by the name of uh, Dr. David Hart and the other was uh, Dr. Uh, Rita Goodman. And one taught me more about, I don't know, social politics as such as race. He, he's a, a black professor. He also is gay. The other one told me about feminism. She's lesbian and, and told me about gender studies. And that, that really helped me. Um, but I honestly, I felt a little lost early on and I kind of had to form my own community, um, seek out certain alum from the school and, and talk to them yeah, it, it was a little rough, but I found my way. I don't really regret anything. I, I guess that's life, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. You move up and on. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, your practice. Uh, how would you define your practice? My practice? Um, I would define my practice as, personally, I would define it uh, more as kind of a, a memoir uh, for myself, it's, it evolves as, as I grow as a person. Um, it is multi 
disciplinary, it's multilingual, it's, it's, it's many things, um, as many facets just as we have. I make collages, work on paper, paintings, drawings, um, bronze sculpture, uh, ceramics. I just have a lot of interest, you know, I consider myself an artist, you know, not so much a painter or a this or that. I, I just have ideas, you know, and I have thoughts and uh, just like everyone else. But I don't know. I don't like to put myself in a box because I believe that certain artworks, how can I say this? It, I think that sometimes for me, it's best if I let the idea guide um, the medium. And so certain artworks, for example, I could do and a collage, but maybe a sculpture or something else could be, it could just work better, you know? So, I mean, that's how I would define my practice. It's, I wouldn't say it's all over the place, but I hope, you know, one day, like, for example, like when I'm, when my time comes and, you know, and I'm hopefully I'm an old man and I, I die, people can look back at my body of work and kind of see the different chapters in, in my personal life as they are and as they grow in, in, in my work. How would you define black art? Black art. Uh, I would say black art for me is synonymous with black culture. You know what I mean? You, one has to kind of understand and know and perhaps even like be a part of that culture. Um, it, Black art, you know, that, that, that's to me what it is. It speaks on our lives, our dreams, our hopes, our fears, our story. I mean, that's how I would define it. I mean, it, I think that's a really good question because uh, not, not to stir the pot or anything, <laughs> but it, it's like then I, I, I think to myself sometimes, do you have to be black to then check those boxes? Because Perhaps you are of a different race, but then you, you still know the culture because that's where you grew up. I don't know. That's, perhaps that's not for me to decide. But for me, it's, it's, it's Black culture. I'm a part of that culture. That's great. So share with us, what, what type of materials do you use in your work? In my work, well, in my collage work, I use paper cutouts, uh, found a lot of found material. Um, I mean, my studio is... It's organized, but it's just a lot of stuff I've been saving over the years um, for magazines, um, a lot of uh, fabrics from Asia um, or Africa or uh, Latin America, just anything. I mean, the, the way I kind of started in collage, uh, I didn't really have any kind of formal background in it because I studied printmaking, actually, in undergrad and in grad school, I studied painting. Um, so the way I kind of got in collage was like, if, if I can cut it out and somehow, you know, glue it to a surface, then that's what I'll use. So I have a lot of different materials from, you know, like mattress and materials to, um, to tissue paper, you know, to, to a lot of different things. I guess that's what I can say about my collage. And, um, how do you keep learning? It's a good question. I, I try to keep learning by not staying too comfortable and I'm finding I'm not so sure that's the best technique I don't I have my doubts but it's it's working for me um I just don't know for example I think as an artist or just as a person 
I, I think just as people, we can adapt to a situation and environment and we can become comfortable. But to push myself as an artist and to tell the kind of stories I want to tell in a most authentic way, I like to challenge myself with um, just really thinking not outside of the box, which is dismantling the box completely and throwing it in the trash. There really is no box. And again, go back to square one, start with the idea and how can we see this through? How can we realize, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to uh, give future projects away, but I'm looking into to, to different mediums from to, to even maybe theater. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anything about it but I do love watching. I love experiencing it and I have ideas in that realm. And so even though that's uncomfortable for me, I, I think that's good because I can grow from that and I can keep learning in that way. Yeah. And just talking to just different people in different environments and, and just learning, you know, kind of like a sponge to soak it all in. Not everything I realize I can use, not everything is going to be positive. But I think sometimes that's when you might need some wisdom to kind of filter out the good from the bad or the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I try to just expand my reach, navigate different circles. You know, I can navigate the art world, which is kind of, you know, it's its own thing. It has its pros and cons. And then I can, for example, you know, I, I live in, in Mexico city. I can then, you know, go to these small town pueblos, you know, that are, hours away and talk to the elders there, you know, and, and see what's going on. What, what can I learn? So that, that's what I do. So I can keep learning, keep pushing myself. So what is your studio like? How does it, uh, how does it look and feel? Uh, my studio, I love it. I never thought I would have a studio like this, but it's, it's in Mexico, um, downtown Mexico city. I mean, for me, I mean, it's all relative, but for me, it's fairly large. Um, a little over 2,000 square feet. It's open space. There's really no rooms. It kind of has like this like warehouse kind of feel to it, tall ceilings. I hope to have you over one one day. You can come see for yourself. That would be great. You're committed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just my space. It's my haven, you know. it's. I'm trying to like set it up where anyone who comes, you know, we can – we can sit, we can talk, we can enjoy, you know, a nice, you know, cocktail or drink, you know, and read some books, look at the art. It's just, it's like my oasis, you know, of, of art and I don't know, ideas. It's like a, it's a place of ideas, really good sunlight, large windows. I'm blessed to have it. I really am. Yeah. It's nice. And do you listen to music while you're working? Uh, I do. I do. I do. I can't imagine a person who doesn't, you know, <laughs> I don't know how that would be. I listen to music. I, I kind of listen to the same music, like the same album working on a few works, almost like a meditation in a way. Uh, it can range from jazz to, uh, hip hop to opera, you know, to it's all over the place. 80s, you know, Soviet synth, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, but I always have music. I have an assistant that helps me. I kind of think she's, she might be getting tired of some of the music that I always listen to the same. Yeah, but when she leaves and it's just me, I, I tend to listen to actually a lot of opera, like a lot. 
and it inspires me. It's just the, the passion and um, it takes me on a journey. You know, it's a story. It's almost like um, watching a movie almost, but it's, it's in my head and it's just, it's the voices and it, it, it gives me a lot of ideas. That's what I listen to. And when do the titles of your work enter the creative process? They, they typically come in the beginning, like even before I even draw like a sketch or anything. Like, like I said, a lot of my work comes from, I have an idea, you know, and from there I filter it out, you know, how, how is this going to come to life? And so the, the title sometimes, most times comes in the beginning, but it doesn't necessarily stay. Sometimes mid process, it'll shift. And then sometimes when I'm done the work, it is, uh, you know, it'll change again. But most times it comes in the beginning, actually. I'm working on a piece right now where the title came in the beginning. And as I'm working on it, I don't know, there's like a, it's a little bit religious, it has a religious undertone for sure. And I'm kind of realizing that. And I don't really know, like, if that's the direction I want to go. It, it may be. I think I'm going to keep it. But that, that's just an example how it could, it, it might change when the work is complete. If you were not a visual artist, what career path do you think you would have chosen? <laughs> um, I don't know if I should say, but um, <laughs> oh, please, please. <laughs> okay, I'll do. Are <laughs> right, you gonna think this is crazy? But you know, I, I I love adventure. I love, like I said, pushing myself and like seeing new things. And so when I was studying in Cleveland, which is a small city, and and coming from Philadelphia, you know, my family we don't, we don't have any money, you know, like we, or at least we didn't. And, um, I didn't have any resources. So I thought, you know, it would be kind of foolish for me to just assume <laughs> I'm going to have an art career, you know what I mean? So I need to have a plan B, a plan C, D, you know, all of that. So <laughs> I thought about maybe the military, but I was like, no, you know, I, uh, maybe I could join uh, the French uh, foreign legion and go over there, you know, not to make light of anything. This is, you know, it's a serious gig. You know, it is, but that's what I was considering actually. And uh, I, I probably only told like maybe one person that, but yeah, I was thinking like heavily of just going and doing the dirty work. And uh, if I came out, just, you know, I had my, my passport, you know, they, they give you citizenship and uh, start my life somewhere in France, which is ironic that now I actually do have a kind of life in France because my gallery, you know, is French American, uh, Chicago, Paris. And I find myself spending a lot, a lot of time, you know, in Paris, which I, I never really would have if um, I wasn't over there so much. I mean, now I even speak French because of that. So yeah, that, that's probably what I, I would have done. And I know my life probably would have been a lot different. So I thank God every day that, you know, this is a blessing um, to be able to, to candidly, you know, express myself in a way that I do and have a team that supported me from day one to have people like you actually feel is that, uh, you know, have platforms that we can talk about things like this and then to have, you know, collectives, you know, that actually, you know, buy my work. I never thought that would be possible. So I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm Thank thankful. you. What are you excited about right now? Uh, I'm excited about my, my daughter. <laughs> she's going to be one. She's going to turn one years old 
next month. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about fatherhood, which I also consider a blessing. Yeah, just a lot of new things. Um, I'm excited that I'm getting a little bit more sleep these days. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we've kind of mastered the schedule a bit. We've got some new projects coming up, um, some new ceramic projects that I have literally no idea how I'm going to do it. But that going back to what I said, that's, you gotta, I just push myself, you know, and it'll, it'll see itself through, but I'm excited to, to start that next month. Yeah. I'm just in a new chapter, I think in life of just new, you know, new beginnings, new, new things coming up, you know, and I don't really know how, how they'll look and how they'll be, but I'm excited to, to start them. That's great. And um, when, when you're working, do you, you ever think about who your audience is and how they'll feel or be inspired by what you create? Mm, yeah, I think a lot about myself when I was a kid, like five you know, to 10 to teenager. And I think about those kids that were like me and even kids that are not like me, just youth in general. When I graduated undergrad to support myself, actually, I was, um, I was going to say I was, I was teaching, but I was actually teaching when I was studying. I taught sixth grade, eighth grade, and 11th grade art at an uh, inner city school in Cleveland. And um, man, it just brought me back to my childhood. Um, a lot of things that I, I kind of ran from, some traumas, um, insecurities, and I was able to kind of literally be right back in those environments. But as an adult, a young adult, but <laughs> I had some perspective and I was able to give back and have certain discussions with the kids. I also taught like five-year-olds at a museum, the Cleveland Museum of Art on the weekends. But, but that was like a different crowd, but they also taught me as well. <laughs> so when, I, when I'm working, that's who I think about. I think about the people who kind of, you know, I'm, I'm talking about certain subjects of, you know, sexuality, blackness, I will say masculinity, but it's more black male masculinity. Uh, how will we say, I guess I will just say Latinidad, which is um, like Latin American, you know, culture. And it just seemed there was at least where I was in life and my neighborhoods and my culture, there's just, there wasn't a lot of voices, uh, positive voices that were teaching, you know, there was a lot of negative and, um, uh, ideology, uh, like toxic masculinity. But um, that's what I think my audience is. And um, everyone else that comes along and is able to get something from my work is just a bonus, really. Yeah, but I think about the younger generation. What are the most substantial challenges that you've encountered as an artist? Um, challenges. Do you ever get something equivalent to a writer's block? No, I, I don't. Um, I did maybe when I was in undergrad, you know, uh, so like 18, 19, 20, I decided to, instead of maybe talk about something that I didn't really know that well, um, which would cause me like this writer or artist block, I would just kind of be an open book and not so much talk about stuff I did know but just ask questions and just be vulnerable. And I think that vulnerability has helped me not get those kind of artist blocks anymore because it's, it's my life. I, I know what's happening in my life. You know, I know 
the, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's just, I've decided to put it onto the canvas in a way. And so I guess the big decision for me is like, am I going to do it? Like do, how much do I want to throw out there publicly and, and how can I do it in an elegant and meaningful way? Does it have to be elegant? You know, not necessarily. Um, so the sky's the limit for ideas and, and, and new works and, and new, it's just, how are we going to do it? That's what I asked myself, how? So, but it, it's hard to get to that point. It's scary. At least it was for me because um, not everybody wanted to listen. I didn't really know how to speak about certain things at the time. Um, but I've, I've grown a lot since then. And um, yeah, it really has diminished that, that kind of artist block. That's good. I'm happy for you. So this has been a great interview. And I'm going to ask you one more question. And it is, what do you feel is the purpose of art? And as an artist, what is your role? I think the purpose of art kind of goes back a little bit to what I said about black art where it's, it's a part of the, our cult, black culture and it's, it serves to, to tell our story in whatever way that is or tell a story to where we want to be as a people or, or where we are now. Um, and I think kind of personally, that's, that's, the, hmm, that's a hard question because it's, it, it really depends on, <laughs> on who you ask. But as for me, that's the way I treat my practice. And it's, it's to be um, a note taker, you know, of, of the times I live in. And um, I really hope I'm, I'm doing a good job at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think that's the purpose of, of the artist. That's how I look at it is uh, I've, I've been given an ability and an opportunity to, to do this. So that's what, that's what I want to do with it is just uh, describe our times, our or everything so we have something to look back to and to um uh, i don't know um i'm at a loss for words for this one but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a heavy it's a heavy question it is and it's something that I'm, I'm i'm still i consider every day a lot of these questions i think are great but i don't um i don't really have like i don't think my answers are definitive i think that you now if you were to ask me these questions every decade we, we'd have like a more uh, a, a different, not a completely different answer, but we 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 get. I try to get closer to the truth every uh, every year. You know, we try to grow and try to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, the work you do. We need it. Art will save us, as they say. Well, thank you for having me and and having this discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.